ان والسلام على اشرف الانبياء وعلى اله واصحابه ومن ولا وبعد مدي برنسس لسبحانه تعالى ريفيلد تو ايات ات دي اند اوف سوره البقره اباوت ويتش رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيد ذات اف سمبدي ريسايتس ذيس تو ايات بيفور هي جوز تو سليب then these will be enough for him and if he recites them in the morning when he gets up then they will be enough for him for the whole day and there are other many other fadail of these two the last two ayat of surah al-baqarah from aman rasul to the end i remind myself and you about the asbab an-nuzul of these ayat asbab an-nuzul or the circumstances of revelation are a very important part of the study of the Quran and there is a very nice book by Al-Waqidi on which is called Asbab al-Nuzul and of course there are other sources where the Sahaba Rizwam they recorded the circumstances, the situation in which uh, different ayat of the Quran were revealed and they are uh, this is very important to study and understand because it gives us a context for the ayah. Every ayat of the Quran is relevant in all contexts, relevant in all times until the end of time. But to understand the context in which the ayat came gives us a much better understanding of what is meant and what is the purpose of the revelation of the ayat inshallah. The azbab of these ayat of the Quran actually are from the revelation of the ayah which comes before these two where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَإِن تُبُدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُهُ يُحَاسِبُكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ فَيَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that whatever is in the heavens and the earth belongs to Allah. And He is aware of whatever you have in your hearts, your secret thoughts, your desires. And He is aware of whatever you say and do. Whether it is hidden or whether it is visible is the same to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah will punish, will take hisab, and He will punish who He wishes, and He will reward who He wishes. It is narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas anhu and Abu Huraira that when this ayat came, this ayat was very heavy on the Sahaba. The Sahaba, Rizwanullah Halim Ajmain, were extremely uh, stressed and grieved when this ayat came and they went to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and they literally went down on their knees before the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam they did not make sajda to him but they went down on their knees before him and they said Ya Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala told us to pray and be pray Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala told us to give zakat and we give zakat now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that He will hold us accountable 
even for our thoughts and our desires. They said we have control over our speech and our actions, but we have no control over our thoughts and desires. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to hold us accountable for thoughts and desires, then we will be destroyed. The narrators of the hadith, the recorders of the incident, they say that when Rasulullah heard this statement from the Sahaba, his face, his blessed face became red with anger. And he said to them, he said, are you going to be like the people before you who when they received a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used to say, we hear but we will not obey. Samayana wa asayna. We hear but we will disobey, we will not obey. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, say, we hear and we obey. Samayana wa atana. Please forgive us, O Allah, and to you is our return. Now, the question I ask myself and you is that if you hear this whole narration, this whole narrative which I just explained to you, and if you consider the Statement of the Sahaba, I won't call it an objection, it was not an objection, but it was a doubt. Then at least to our modern, so-called modern minds, this appears to be a reasonable statement. If Allah is going to hold me responsible for my thoughts and feelings which I have no control over, then this is within quotes unfair. I will be destroyed. This seems to be a reasonable statement. But what was the reaction of Rasulullah? Did he say, did he explain, did he say, yes, it is reasonable, I will make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to change this? What was his reaction? Nabi's reaction was first of all a reaction of anger, and secondly, he commanded them to do the exact opposite of what they we're talking about. We hear and we obey. Now, point is, today we like to talk about freedom. And we try to permit all kinds of abominations in the name of freedom, quite forgetting that what you are permitting to a certain group of people as freedom is actually curtailing and abusing the freedom of another group of people. And this is the problem with our man-made logic and man-made thinking. The freedom of one, we say we are promoting absolute freedom. If you are promoting absolute freedom, this is very good, Alhamdulillah. Then that absolute freedom must give absolute freedom to everybody. If that is not happening and you are promoting freedom, whereby you are allowing a certain group or certain people to freely do something, but this freedom is violating the rights of other people, how is it freedom? How is it freedom? I mean, if I go and, we say this all the time, if I go and park my car, I go to the masjid, I'm going to pray. Good intention, mashallah, Jumai is fard, salat, whichever salat, fard, salat is fard. 
but I park my car in such a way that I am blocking the way of somebody else. So what, what do you say to that? Do you say, no, no, Machala, you are free. You are not free. You are not free. Your Salah, I won't say it is invalid, but definitely your Salah is uh, affected, negatively affected. Because of your parking of the car, somebody else is having taklif, somebody else is having uh, a problem. So how is it freedom? But we don't use this logic in other things. This is, the, this is actually logic, which is that you are free to do whatever you want, as long as you are not violating somebody else's freedom. Alhamdulillah, whatever you want in your house, you do it, as long as it doesn't violate somebody else's freedom. You want to listen to something loudly in your house, as long as the sound does not go out of your house, as long as it is not disturbing the neighbor, it's fine, do it. You want to eat something inside your house, no problem. But if you are eating something inside your house and you are cooking it and that thing is smells so high and loud eh, that it also troubles your neighbor, then this is not permitted. This is Islam. Islam is Islam promotes freedom in a logical manner. It promotes freedom within boundaries because that is the only way that everybody can be free. I can be I can be free if you exercise your freedom within those boundaries. You can be free if I exercise my freedom within those boundaries. Freedom within, within boundaries may sound like it is uh, illogical, but that's not illogical. That is actually what is logical. Freedom, freedom within boundaries. And what is the boundary? As they say, my freedom ends where your nose begins. So my boundary is the boundary of your uh, susceptibility, the boundary of your sensitivity, the boundary of your rights. Now, the reason I'm saying is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this in the Quran. And this is exactly what this ayat is talking about. Where Rasulullah said, hear and obey. That is the boundary. The boundary is we do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ordered us to do and we do not do what he has not ordered us to do. And see the beauty of the Sahaba, Rizwanullahi alayhi majmain. This was the key attribute that gave them the darajat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them. And that was, they heard and they obeyed. When Rasulullah said, Samayana qul, Samayana wa atana, ufrana karabbana wa ilayk al-masir. The same people who came with the, with the doubts, immediately they said, Samayana wa atana, ufrana karabbana wa ilayk al-masir. They did not say to Nabi sallallahu Ya Rasulullah, no, 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 actually that's not what we meant. We were not going against what Allah was saying. We did not say we will not. They did not make any of those explanations. Whatever Nabi Wasallam said, immediately they repeated that. And obviously they did that sincerely from their hearts. Now see the value of that. The value of that was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent the last two ayat of the Quran. The last two ayat of, the, of Surah Al-Baqarah, not the Quran. last two ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah with all the... Karamat that come with those ayat. I don't want to uh, extend that. Inshallah, we'll maybe do this as a, as a, as a khutbah or something. Uh, because there's so many things to say with regard to this ayat. But to keep it brief, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent the last two ayat. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ramana Rasulu bima undila ilayhi min rabbi wal mu'minun. Kulluna amana billahi wa malaikatihi wa kutubihi wa rusuli. La nufarriku bayna ahadim min rusuli. Wa qalu. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the words of his Nabi Muhammad which the Sahaba repeated 
and return those words as his kalam. Jalla jalalu. To be recited in Quran, in, in the salah until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps this world and keeps the salah alive. And then the wages of obedience. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then taught the sahaba. He first of all comforted them. He first of all comforted them by telling them, I will not hold you responsible for your thoughts and actions. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comforted them with regard to their doubt. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught them how to make dua. And Allah said, La yukallifu allahu nafsan illa usaha laha ma kasabat wa alayha ma kasabat. And then he taught them how to make dua. Rabbana la tuakhidna in nasina au akhtana. Rabbana wa la tuhamil alayna isaran kama hamaltahu wa la ladina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhamilna ma la tuakata lana bih. Wa'afwanna waqfir lana warhamna. Anta maulana fansurna ala al-qawm al-kafiri. Those who need to look up the meaning can look it up. As I said, I don't want to extend the further reminder. Inshallah, we'll do this in more detail later. But important to understand, all of this happened. Why? Because of Samana Watana, Ufranakarabana Walikal Masih. Because of accepting that obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sacrosanct, it is not negotiable. Obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is true freedom. Obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which we are sent here to do. And if we do that, then we get the darajat from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we get the recognition and the power and help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for us and to help us through these days of difficulty and to help all the Muslims and to enable the truth to shine forward and all the batil to be wiped out from the face of the earth. وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا رحمه الله